This is episode number 87 with Ross Stryker. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is up, everyone? Thank you again for tuning in to American Snippets. Once again, my name's Dave Brown. Actually, you know what? If living quietly and within the confines of a strict budget sounds like your dream plan, maybe you don't want to tune into this episode. Maybe you don't want to listen into this story. But I'm guessing that's not you. And I'm guessing that you want to learn more about how you can live your own version of that dream life. And it doesn't matter how old you are, right? You can get started at any age. And today's guest is a perfect example. His name's Ross Stryker, and he didn't start until he was 60 years old. He is living proof that in this country, you can have more than one version of a dream life, and you can live those dreams fully throughout your entire life. So listen in as Ross talks about how he learned to make his money work for him and how he's living his new purpose by helping others do the same. He shares how he made bold moves to live bigger and increase his impact on others instead of fading away into retirement. And you can learn how you can do the same for yourself. It's never too late. It's never too late to cash in and dust off those dreams and live the life that you once imagined for yourself. Whether you're just starting out in business or approaching retirement or living off savings, Ross Stryker's story has lessons you can apply to building your own success at any age. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Ross Stryker. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hi there, I'm Barb Allen. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Today's guest is super cool for a lot of reasons, but what we really love about him is how he turned left when a lot of people are turning right in their lives. You know, at a point in time after 20 years of a successful career when a lot of people look to retire and sit back and maybe live off of their savings at that point, Ross Stryker went a completely different way, launched an entire new career, and crushed it. He is killing it nationally and internationally, and he's helping other people do the same. He is proof positive. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, so long as you are willing to work for it. Ross Stryker, thank you so much for being here today. Barb, thanks for having me. Hey, frankly, with that introduction, I'm going to start dragging you to meetings. You can introduce me to people at meetings. <laughs> I was just at a networking event in Phoenix. I'll be in San Francisco this week. But uh, yeah, I definitely have changed silos, if you will. I'm in a whole different uh, venue, and it's been a lot of fun the last five years uh, transitioning from, I like to uh, call myself a recovering orthodontist. Yeah. Uh, that's what I used to do for many years. And of course, I was in the military for 12 years and right. then transitioned to private practice. And now I'm doing something entirely different. Different. So I love it. Love it. And in just five years, you have just come onto the scene. You just walked into this arena and you just said, this is mine and I'm taking it. I, I love it. It is, it is so, so awesome. So first let's talk about, um, we're going to talk about what you do now and then we're going to go back and bring people through that story of how you, you got there and maybe the mindset, like how you were able to approach what you're doing now with the mindset of just forward only, like there was no going back, right? Just forward. So I think mindset is a big part of that and experience and all that. So today your company is Smart Asset Opportunities. 
Tell us a little bit about right. what that company does. Smart Asset Opportunities tries to educate people about alternative investing and, and especially real estate investing. We do quite a bit of real estate investing, but we also offer opportunities for people to invest in commercial properties, uh, including self-storage, which we focus on a lot. But the, the partners that partner with us are actually uh, owners, so they get to take advantage of the uh, advantages that ownership has with cash flow. Uh, equity participation and tax advantages. So in a nutshell, that's what, that's what smart asset opportunities. And by the way, I just want to back up. It's not anything that I've done. It's a team. I have a team of people and, uh, my nuclear team, uh, four people, my wife, Mary, um, Shannon, who works with me day to day here in Florida, Natalie, who works with us virtually, uh, from down in Florida. And then we have Ivy in the Philippines, but then we've created other teams and uh, we can talk about that more, but yes. we have teams at properties that we invest with. So it's not just me. It's really my main job is just to stay out of the way to people that really know what the hell they're doing, Barb, and make sure that things are getting done for our investors. That's my main role. Sometimes that is the most important thing we can all do, right? Is just get out of the way, set it in motion and then get out of the way and let it, right. let it go. Uh, but that's right. also another important lesson because a lot of people like to be hands-on, micromanage. You got to trust your team. You got to build a team you trust. And it's knowledgeable. You have to align your mission and you have to know that that team is going to knock it out of the park and, you know, be willing. Oh, to, you're so right. And yeah. let me tell you, my, my previous profession is a dentist and orthodontist. Those are the most micromanaging human beings that God <laughs> ever invented. Now, thankfully, I was an orthodontist. And so if you've ever been to an orthodontic office, yeah. it's generally a little different because we delegate a lot of things. So I did learn how to create a team. I had 24 people working for me in my private practice of orthodontics. Of course, my prior experience in the military, I learned how to be part of a team, too. So real estate investing, alternative investing is no different. Uh, it's all about creating teams. Yeah. So I am the daughter of a dentist and uh, ah, and okay. a frequent visitor to orthodontist appointments, both for myself and all four of my boys got them all through orthodontic braces. And I tell you, man, ah. um, for a little while, I assisted my father as you know, in his dental practice. Dude, man, I hated it. I hated ah. it. So I think, but it gave me a great respect for people who do that because, you know, it's not an easy job. You know, it's funny you mentioned your father because yeah. my 99-year-old mother is just trying to call me as we're on this interview. Oh, you should say she hi. Was, well, so I love it when we do that. Oh, I, was, I was out of town <laughs> in Phoenix, and I guarantee you I haven't called her yet on Monday morning. And because I haven't called her yet, she's calling me to say, why haven't you called me yet? Oh, my God. That's morning? great. If she calls back, definitely pick her up and put oh, her on. I, I will, I love I will that. bring her on. I'll bring her on if she calls again. I've got my phone on silent over here, but I saw the screen and my Apple watch is buzzing saying buzzing. that my mom's calling me. Yes. So great. Well, great. that's that's fascinating. You've got a dental background. So I, anyway, I do. Yes, I got to do that. And it was a it was yeah. for me. It was disgusting. I hated it. It was just gross. <laughs> <Disgusting>. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> well, it's, it's it, it, it was, you know, it could be a, it could be a proctologist, Barb. So it could well, be the I, other. Human yes. Body, okay? Yes. I, I don't even know. So, I don't know. Now my brain is a little frozen after that <laughs> image. So I'm just going to roll yeah. on. So uh, at least your dad didn't do that. And I doubt you would have been invited into the office for those. I doubt I would have gone. <laughs> doubt I would have gone. Um, no. But and after you have kids, four boys, man. They invite you into places you don't want to go. You just got to do things with them to help them with whatever function they are failing in. <laughs> so, okay. Gotcha. There's a lot I've seen. But so 12 years in the military, do you think, what branch of the military? I was in the army. 
in the yeah. army. What um do what do you think that did for you in terms of you know preparing you? A lot of people, as I'm sure you know, and as we were just talking about before we hopped on, finally started recording this, uh, is the difficulty uh, military families face in employment and careers and sustaining careers outside of the military, both for spouses for sure, and then uh, veterans when when they're out of the military, they have to transition and navigate a whole world that they've been out of for a while. So how was that? What did you learn in the military that allowed you to make that transition? And what are some of those issues you faced in that process? Well, the military for me was a tremendous experience. First of all, when I got out, I didn't realize uh, how much I really enjoyed the camaraderie of the military because um, you immediately have a family of people every time you move to a new location. Now, for my wife, it was difficult because um, she she enjoyed working, and every time we moved, uh, as you alluded to, there was a very great difficulty kind of starting over. I was plugged into a job, so yeah. I immediately just you know picked up just a different place, and now I'm doing the same thing I was doing at the previous location, basically. But for military spouses, you know, I'm in a small town in Missouri, and we're near Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and I had an office right outside of Fort Leonard Wood, but I also had an office in a small town. And it's amazing how little civilians know about the life that military families live. It's really completely uh, unaware of the fact that Let's say that you've just given birth, the sponsor's deployed, and you're a thousand miles away from grandparents, yeah. and you have no support group. And that is extremely difficult. People don't realize that about going to work. you got a child that's sick. There's no, there's no family member to go pick that child up from school. There's yeah. no help available. Uh, yes, the military helps its own. I, I get that. But there's to just something extent. about being yeah. – To an extent. But you can't replace that family support that you get – uh, from people who live in a small town and, you know, you know, and so good people that were working for me, but to try and educate them as to what not only the military sponsors go through, but what the military families go through that that's an education job that I enjoy trying to continue educating people about the travails that military families go through the kids going to new schools, finding new dentists, finding new physicians, (laughs) finding everything, finding a place to live. What's the right part of town? I mean, just make a list. There's a thousand things every time you move that people don't realize that are, you know, from small town America, they don't realize what you have to go through every time you transition. Yeah. So do you think that that helped you? So 20 years, a dentist and an orthodontist, and you're at the point where you could do what I think a lot of people do, right? They look at their pension, their retirement funds, what it is, how can we afford to stay in this house? We can afford to travel this much on this time. This is our birthday present budget, like that kind of thing. And just parcel out whatever it is they've managed to save and accrue and hope that nothing terrible happens to, you know, deplete that quicker than they plan. Instead of doing that, you and your wife had a bold conversation and made a a great, I think, a great move to just go for it. Can you talk well, about Yeah, that? I'm sure there are times where my wife wishes I had taken the traditional path, which is to go live at the beach and get a metal detector and look for coins, you know, (laughs) on the beach, okay? But that's just not my nature, Barb. God didn't put us here to retire. I don't believe in retirement. I believe we're meant to serve other people. And I had help. I had mentors. I had mastermind groups that I was part of that showed me the lights alternative investing to say, you know, tradition, look, traditional wisdom, typical wisdom, the, the system, if you will, 
um, is set up so that what do we expect on retirement? We expect to live a lesser lifestyle because that's just what traditional investing tells us. Well, when you're retired, you're going to live on less. Really? When you're retired, you're going to give less to charities. Really? Is that is that yeah. really the kind of retirement people want? I don't think so. And so we had help getting to our freedom point, as I call it, replacing our transactional income, that income that's made by exchanging your hours for dollars with passive income. And I want to give back. I want to help other people reach that point. It's exciting to know that 95% of the population now currently retires to a lifestyle less than what that they they were having when they were working. That's not right. exciting. What's exciting is you can change that. You can move that needle for some people and say you don't have to accept that as uh, as most people do. You can you can change that. You can yeah. change that story. And you guys now this was about five years ago. You decided right. to do this. Two thousand fourteen. So right. tell us then. First of all, don't mind me asking, how old were you guys at that point? Uh, we were fifty eight. Okay, so fifty eight so, years old. And you decide we're just going to start something new, which I love. I love, love, love. Um, and more so for people. I talk to a lot of people who are like in their 20s and their 30s. And they're like, I got to do this by the time I'm 40. You know, by the time I'm 40, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, they think like 40 is, is like the flat earth syndrome. You just fall off a of life at 40 right. years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. 46. And right. I'm like, oh, no, I'm just getting started, right? So um, at 58 years old, you sit down, you have that conversation. And in the span of five years, let's talk about what you've accomplished, you and your team have accomplished in those five years, because you're not just national, you're international now. And just list for us quickly, if you can, um, you know, what it is that where are you at in your business? Okay, well, we, we started out like typical real estate investors buying single-family homes. Right. Not that we, we don't manage anything. Actually, we started out as lenders, Barb. I mean, that's a safe space in investing if you've got people that you know, like, and trust. Is starting out as a money lender for people who are experienced at uh, either flipping or wholesaling or doing turnkey properties. But we also started out investing in properties, got up to where we had... 40 single family homes. I'm frankly selling those off because they're not scalable, but I'm keeping many of them. But duplexes, fourplexes, but graduated into more commercial properties, syndications, uh, you know, you, you know, um, office parks, uh, multifamily apartments. Uh, we have holdings overseas in Belize, uh, part owners of a coffee farm in Panama. ATMs, people don't know that ATMs are something you can invest in. Uh, not the ones that the banks own, but the ones that you might see in a convenience store yeah. or along the turnpike or those kind of things. And those are great investments. There's equipment, uh, you know, uh, that has great depreciation asset, you know, offsets to the income. So, yeah, we've, we've invested in a lot of alternative investing assets, and uh, it's not because of me. It's because of the networking I've done, the people I've met, the people that I know, like, and trust, creating a tribe of people that you can yeah. trust. And I, I like to call it a tribe because in the tribe, there's protection in investing because if you have a tight-knit group, just like the military, you've got each other's back. You know that that person that you're investing with is going to treat you right because they know if they don't, they'll be kicked out of the tribe. Right. So there's protection there. And and trust me, there's people in real estate investing that will take advantage of people just yeah, like in any, in any business, other yeah. asset class, yeah. in any yeah. in any area. Yeah. So you've got to be very careful who you deal with, very careful. Yeah, absolutely. So you've alluded to this now a couple of times is the the masterminds and the group of people. First, for the people who are listening who may not know what a mastermind is, tell you know, 
if somebody asked you to explain it? You know, first of all, the the question I get asked a lot is, well, how how do I do this or where do I start? And and I tell them getting educated is so important. I'm not, you know, I'm doing this to kiss up to you, but listening to podcasts is a good place to start. But you can't take action. You've got to create that organic um, feel with somebody. And really, it's got to, you know, real estate investing is a team sport and you've got to create those networks. So we, the first mastermind that we joined was a group of dentists led by a dentist who no longer is a dentist because he's really a real estate investor, not a dentist anymore. He doesn't do dentistry and hasn't for many years. He woke up one day and found out that 80% of his net worth was from his real estate investing, but he was only spending 20% of his time on that. And so the light bulb went off. So he, he trains other people like myself and that group is still a great group. I don't belong to it anymore. I got invited back as an alumni to kind of share what I'm doing now a couple of weeks ago. That's cool. Uh, But we have, uh, I'm part of three other masterminds. Um, I was just in Phoenix last weekend for part of one that I belong to. I'll be in San Francisco this week for another mastermind group. These these are all groups that we help each other. We share notes. We share experiences. We share contacts. And, you know, in Wall Street, insider information will get you thrown in jail. But in real estate investing, that's where the opportunities are found. The insider yeah. information gets you the real opportunity. Yeah. So talk um, masterminds aren't typically free. You typically pay a fee to, to join one of those, right? So somebody starts the mastermind and people are invited in. That's the other thing. They're, they're exclusive groups. You have to be certain levels, have certain tiers of membership. Um, so what would somebody, you know, some masterminds can be startups, small ones can be like a thousand dollars up to 25,000 up to 50, you know, in all the different price range, depending on the level of the field that you're playing on. So it depends on the level you want to play at, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I, I tell people that there's some, well, the, the group I was with last week, uh, and I know this sounds like a lot of money for most people, but um, it was it's $5,000 a year, which is by a mastermind standard quite that's not, low. Yeah, that's not <laughs> a lot <laughs> for a mastermind. And, and I would be yeah. Yeah, foolish not to belong to that group. Yes. Uh, I, I have a group that uh, I had to write a check for 100000 to be part of that group. So there's some that, yeah. you know, but here, here's, I'm at a different point than probably some of your listeners. And my avatar for smart asset opportunities is typically small business owners dentists, physicians, but it can be, you know, heating and air conditioning, plumbers, whatever that come to me and they, they've got some capital, but they don't know how to invest it. They don't know where to get started. So do they have to be part of that mastermind? No, they can team up with me and take advantage of my knowledge as well. But if people really want to get active in the process, they, they need to shell out a little bit of money to be part of mastermind because look, we learn from our, we learn from mistakes, right? But they don't have to be our mistakes. They can be somebody else's mistakes. And if you go to mastermind, you're going to learn many of the mistakes. Now I've repeated some of the mistakes I was told not to repeat, but that's, that's part of the learning process too. So, you know, I don't always listen to my mentors as well as I should, but typically it it's, you know, like one of the groups that I'm part of, Barb, is a self-storage mastermind. You know, believe it or not, there's a mastermind just on self-storage, That's okay? That's crazy. Like, I would never I know, think. I know. Yeah. I would think. I would think. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and I got to tell you, this is crazy too, because uh, I do some things in the morning with my wife, with a lady named Leslie Sansona. It's just a walking stuff. And I'm like... Who could have made a life, a living off of just doing videos on walking? But Leslie did. But anyway, the same thing, the mastermind on storage. 
Um, but it's an incredible networking group that helps you get there faster. I mean, could I learn the self-storage business? I'm a smart guy. Probably in five or 10 years, I could learn it. But Or I can be part of that group and skip all the mistakes. Yep. And just step to the front of the line and find the opportunities because we have brokers that are part of that group. We have other people that are, you know, former CFOs that are part of that group that look at the financing and the underwriting. So we just skip to the front of the line instead of spending all that time climbing our way up the ladder. So it is a lot of money, but in the long run, it saves you time, which is really to me, the greatest way of measuring wealth now is time, not money. Yeah. And I'm like, I talk to people when I, when somebody says to me, like, why would you spend money on this? Like why, you know, people who want to get from where they are to somewhere else and the thought of spending that money and not getting immediate return is there's a lot of fear in that. Right. And, you know, you look at them like, where are you at? Six flags, you know, last month. Yeah. Didn't you pay extra for the VIP, the fast pass? Yeah. Wasn't that Mm -hmm. money for all of you? Yeah. But you had to skip everybody in line and go up and get more out of your time. You got more out of the six hours than all those people who spent all that time in line. Right. And I think that's a simplistic way of narrowing it down. But to me, that's what it is. You, you, you bypass all that time in line and you just go right and maximize every minute that you've paid to be out of place. And like, you're paying to work, you're paying, you're investing yourself, investing your business. So I well, love but it. You know, I also deal with people, Barb, that are very busy with their lives they are still yeah. in that transactional income. They just want to invest with me. They trust me. Perfect. So, you know, <laughs> I can help them get to their freedom path, but I always tell them, Make sure along the way that you're not just writing a check to me for an opportunity. I want you to learn the nuts and bolts behind what's going on here. Ask hard questions. Make sure you look behind the curtain and see what are the fees behind this? What are the costs? How is this transaction occurring? Because you need to ask those questions because someday you might want to do those things yourself. They, they may not want to always come to me for opportunities. They want to, may want to create their own. If not, that's fine. I'm happy to help them. But on the other hand, I really believe in people getting educated so they don't get taken advantage of by others that might do that. Yeah. So if somebody is not the kind of person to maybe a mastermind isn't too much or they don't want to go to college or go here or there, they can call you up. I can call you up and say, hey, Ross, I'd really like to learn how to invest in this area and get started from A to Z. I can hire you to mentor me, coach me, teach me. Well, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not really a mentor. I'm not really a financial advisor, but I do have a weekly blog and we do have webinars that we put on now and again on opportunities that are available. And so, for example, my, my weekly blog list is several hundred folks that get that. And occasionally I'll have an operator, a promoter come to me that I know, somebody I've vetted that yeah. I've done business with that I'll invest my own money with. I'll put my own skin in the game. And it might be somebody that says, hey, I've got an apartment complex in Louisiana. We're going to be developing. We want to put on a webinar. Great. Let's get that together and people can attend that. Now, that's educational only. They'll have to contact the operator later and and request the PPM and the offering memorandum and the operating agreement and all that to see if they want to invest. But that that's kind of how we roll is education first. And then if people want to participate in an opportunity as those come available, which right now don't, I don't have an opportunity. So somebody called me and said they want to invest in something. I'm like, well, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks. We've got something coming up that we're doing a raise on a property, but right now I don't have anything. So anyway. So what was the moment then when you, you had hit that point, that 20 year mark and you knew you wanted to do something else. What was it 
that a that conversation you had with your wife, you know, what was that like? Like you guys sat down and you said, Hey, I think I don't want to retire. I think I want to do this. Was she on board right away? Was she not on board right away? And then how did you decide to make it real estate investing? Well, uh, I, I, am sure she was a little bit scared because we had, you know, I had a career that paid a lot of money for it. I was making really good money. Okay. And I still get people that ask me, how could you transition away from that? You know, excuse me. My, my feeling was I wanted to leave that profession when I was on top. We've all seen aging athletes or aging doctors for that point. The people come in and go, Hey, can Dr. Smith still see to do this procedure? I mean, hands are shaking or whatever. I wanted to leave when I was at the top of my career. Now making that change into alternative investing was actually a, a product of the people that had helped me, and that happened to be the area they were in. Now, I took it a different route. I, I Again, I don't do the single-family homes. Right. I don't do duplexes and fourplexes because it's not scalable. I can't bring a group of people to those kind of projects, but in larger commercial projects, I can do that. So basically, I'm just giving back what somebody gave to me. It's no different. I mean, I was given a gift of my eyes waking up and going, wait a second, you mean I don't have to get to age 60, get off of the Wall Street roller coaster, we're riding it up and down, and put my money in some kind of CD at 2%, which, Barb, I'll be honest with you, most of the people I help are making good incomes. But to replace their trans- their transactional income at a 2% return, they would have to have a huge pile of money. But now when you start talking about 8%, 10%, no guarantees in any project or more, then the light bulb goes off in their head too, just like it did for me to say, I got this. I'm, I'm at my freedom point. And I want to help other people see that light bulb too. Yeah, that's so cool. So you then, you started with real estate investment, but like you said, you have ATMs, you have the coffee farm in Panama, storage units, ownership in a Brazilian resort, right? That's like, it seems from the outside looking in, it's like, how does one person, it seems like all of those are unrelated, right? Well, they are, they're, 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 they're what I call shiny objects, Barb, but some of them are because my wife thought it would be cool to own part of a coffee farm. So I, did because she <laughs> thought that was neat, but it's a good investment too. Yeah. And, and the people, the operators behind it, David Sewell is an expat from Canada who's been living in Panama for many years. And, and the thing she really liked about that other than it was just a coffee farm in Panama, it's a feel good investment. It's yeah. a socially responsible investment where the, the operation is putting money back into the lives of the coffee farmers that are there on the ground, helping them with medical care and housing. So it's not just returns for somebody to drink a cup of coffee or for investors to make returns off of people drinking a cup of coffee. It's a feel-good investment. But there are many things in there that I did just to learn, and I had the assets to do that. Now we're focused a little more on our team on finding uh, our niche, in which we're really focused a lot on self-storage right now. And it's a great asset, but there's many great asset classes, mobile home parks, multifamily, um, just you name it. There's a lot of assets to invest in, but you have to, if you're going to be a promoter, if you're going to be an operator, a developer, which I am now, you really have to drill down and say, what's my focus going to be? These things are all cool out here and I'll still do them personally. But as far as bringing those myself to people, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let other operators bring the multifamily. I'm going to let other people bring the mobile home park investments to my group. I'm not, I'm not going to be the expert on everything. I can't be. And I'm really, I'm not the expert on storage either. I have a team. They're the experts. I just stay out of their way and let them do what they do. 
Awesome. So what would you say to somebody who came to you uh, and said, you know, I really want to invest, say I'm 55 years old, I'm looking at retiring, I need to do something, I can't afford to even keep my house after I retire, how can I turn this around at 55 years old with no savings? Yeah, well, if, yeah, no savings is hard. Yeah. So, but it, it, look, you are where you are and you got to start where you're at. So if you're no savings, you know, first of all, I would say get some basic education because it can be very intimidating in investing um, because what do we, we typically hand our money over to somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. And we let them take care of our money. We don't learn about it. That's the mistake that so many people make. So I'm like, get a little basic education, know the terminology first. Okay. The second thing is, Barb, most of the people that approach me are small business owners. My avatar, I mean, my right. blog list is mainly small business owners. I tell them the first thing you can invest in and make the best return is your business because you know how to move the needle. You yeah. control it. You control it. I, I like I like investing in things that I have control over. So I tell them to do that first. And then the third thing, after all that, they've got the education, they've maximized the returns on their business is then they can go to alternative investments with people that they know, like, and trust, or I can help them find people I've vetted and they can be part of the tribe that we have. But uh, you got you got to have that basic knowledge. You got to take care of what your basic business is first because there might be value in that at the back end too on the sale of it. So that that's important. They take care of that baby. Yeah. All right. So sometimes I like to just pop in random questions around. And just, All right. Go just because. For it. Okay. So, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a reader. I love to read books, love to write them, love to do all that. And I think reading books is uh, super important and super valuable. So right. Um, right. I think most people we interview who have high levels of success do as well. So curious to know what is the last book you read? What is well, I'm in the middle now? of extreme ownership by the Navy SEALs. Yeah, yeah. You may have read that. I don't know, but uh I, I love that book. And as a matter of fact, I, uh, we have a team zoom meeting this afternoon. Usually we have it in the morning, but you interrupted that part. Oh. So anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but, awesome. No, I, I told them, I said, look, we've got to take some lessons from that book. Um, yeah. uh, so that's the one that I'm currently in the middle of right now. Um, uh, the last book I read was a book, uh, on note investing by a guy named David Van Horn. Um, so th th those are the two that are right, right now on my on my list. So yeah, but I, the, the one I finished before that was a book called essentialism, which, you know, f focusing again, because I am a squirrel chaser, you know, I think a lot of us are, are ADHD and we've got to just, we, we love chasing different things. So that book on essentialism really try to boil it down to really what's essential today that you'll be working on. This other stuff is just BS, you know, your inbox, interrupts you and you let your day chase the email inbox and that kind of thing. So anyway, um, we'll, we'll be talking about that book, Extreme Ownership this afternoon. Perfect. Is that, that, that's Jocko? Yeah. Jocko what, what, and Leif. Yeah. Yeah. Jocko and Leif. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let's see ATMs. I, I wasn't going to go there, but it's in my head and it's, I keep all wanting right. to know, I keep wanting to know that I was just going to let it go, but I, I got to know. So, yeah, like, so, so people don't know the, how this works. All right. So the bank owned ATMs, you're not going to invest right. in those most likely unless you're part of the bank board or whatever. But here's the, the ATMs that you see in a convenience market or along the turnpike or various places that aren't part of a, a particular bank. Those are typically um, 
bid on in the hundreds. You know, you might have somebody that owns a chain of um, convenience markets or whatever. And so 300, 400 of those are replaced at the same time and people come in and bid on those. And so I've invested in groups of those ATMs a couple of times. And so the returns to the investors, again, no guarantees, but they've been pretty solid. Uh, 20, I know these numbers sound crazy. I even hate to, all right, let me just tell you, they're solid numbers. Yeah. Okay. Plus it's an equipment, a piece of equipment. So you get to depreciate uh, that piece of equipment over a quick life, uh, lifespan. So most of the income you're making off the ATM is offset by the depreciation. So it's not even really taxed much. So people don't realize there's income that you pay taxes on your right. transactional income, but investing income oftentimes has the tax offsets that make it so you're making this income off of a piece of equipment or a property and very little of it is paid in taxes. You know, that whole thing in the presidential debate recently about, well, he's not paying much in taxes yeah. and Trump interjects and says, cause I'm smart. Well, he's just taking advantage of the rules. Yeah. I mean, the, the government wants us to invest in real estate, wants us to invest in equipment because it provides jobs. And so I'm just, I'm just doing what the government says we should do. What a good boy. <laughs> Yes. There you go. Following the law. So, All right. Is there somebody that you can think of, um, a client that you've helped or a moment in a mastermind when, you know, you were able to offer some insight? Like, you know, in those moments where you knew that guidance you offered made a significant impact in someone's life and helped them change their own trajectory? Well, yeah, frequently. I mean, that's, that's really, that, that's the icing on the cake when you can yeah. do this for people and you, you know that you're helping them. But I'll, look, I, I get calls from physicians and dentists because that's my background yeah. in the medical field. And they're just about to make really stupid mistakes, Barb, yeah. because they're trying to do something on their own. Bless their hearts. At least they're trying to do something. Right. But I got a call recently from a physician in Michigan who has a contract on a property in Florida. Somebody put me in touch with them or put them in touch with me because they know I do storage. He's going to do a storage development on this. He knows nothing about storage. He knows nothing about the numbers associated with it. He hasn't done a feasibility study on this. He has no idea how to write it. And I said, you are going to make a huge mistake if you try to do this on your own. I'm not saying that this property is not good for what you're trying to do. I'm just saying... If you've only got 15 days left on this contract, I'm sorry, you need to let it expire because this is not going to work unless you've got it. So, you know, helping people get to their freedom point is one thing. Helping them from making a mistake that's going to set them back five or 10 years on their path to freedom is another thing that's rewarding, too. Yeah, awesome. All right. So we talk a lot and you and I were talking quickly before we started this about why we started American Snippets and a large part is because we really genuinely believe in the American dream, even though it's cliche, but um, contrary to what we're being told and is all the stories that are out there, we think it's alive and well, and anybody can can grab onto it if they're willing to work through whatever it is they're facing. So I'd like to ask of people we, we feature and we talk to, what is the American dream to you? You know, I think... F- Freedom is a big part of it. Uh, And freedom can mean many things. Freedom can mean um, lack of intervention from our government. But freedom can also mean that you're free to do what you like, when you like, with whom you like. Okay? And so, again, to me, freedom is about time and not money. That's easy for me to say because I've replaced 
my transactional income. Um, but to me, freedom is really the American dream. Now, you know, you, you mentioned something that's very dear to me, too, because I hear so many people bashing our country. And yeah. for anybody who's traveled around the country or been on mission trips to other third world countries like I have, you know, you I think that experience of seeing other countries is a big help to say, you know, look, this is still the land of opportunity. You know, sure, I had a nice background. My my parents sent me to college. I got a great education. Uh, but I had to work through that. Some people don't start from the same right. point that I started at. But, you know, wherever you started at, there's still opportunities. Witness the fact that we have so many folks that are immigrants, first generation, yeah. that come here with maybe $100 in their pocket and become millionaires. And so many times over, by the way. Yes. And a matter of fact, I experienced that this weekend. The physician, head and neck surgeon, his father was an engineer, moved here from India with nothing. And became a very wealthy real estate investor. So uh, yeah. it can happen. It can still happen today. It's just, you know, sometimes things are hard. But when things are hard, that's where you need to move because that's where the opportunity oftentimes lies. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. If there is somebody that I could call up today, somebody still alive that you've never, ever met before that I could send right on over to you to spend the afternoon with you. You could talk about anything you wanted. Who would that be? Well, it had to be alive. You know, I've always mm -hmm. said if, if there's anybody I could meet, it would either be Abraham Lincoln or Jesus. But it's got to be alive. Um, I'll go with, um, well, I'll pick Sir Richard Branson. He's an interesting character. Uh, dropped out of high school, uh, whatever the equivalent is in the UK. <laughs> um, and I'd say he's done pretty well. Started many companies, been very successful, and he's he's adventurous, you know. Yeah. He's he's still doing things and pushing the envelope, and, and I love that, that he's just not retiring to the beach. He's He, he owns an island where he lives most of the time, <laughs> uh, probably, for, probably for tax reasons, I would imagine. But uh, anyway, he, he's an interesting character for sure. Awesome. All right, thank you. If people want to find out more about you, the work you do, get in touch with you, for whatever reason, tell us where they can find you, where they can follow you. You know, Barb, the best place is just to go to our website, smartassetopportunities.com. That opportunity is plural at the end. And I, I encourage them just to check out my weekly blog, see if we're a good fit, you know, kick the tires a little bit and see if they like what we're doing. If they do, great. They can get in touch with me. My contact information is on the website. But, you know, check us out first and, and then reach out if we're a good fit for you, because for some people, it just isn't interesting. But um, <laughs> if it is, reach out and be happy to talk. So Great. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And appreciate the work you're doing, too, to promote the American dream. Thank you. Thank you. It's important to us. All right. There you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of American Snippets. But also personally, I'd like to thank Ross Stryker for being here as well and sharing his story. If you want to learn more about Ross, head on over to americansippets.com forward slash 087. It's a featured article of the week. Each week, you do a, a full article on their guests. You can check out the video interview there as well. And we'll also include some social media links so you can follow Ross on social media. Make sure you tag us as well at American Sippets on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Uh, and also, don't forget to head on over to YouTube 
to check out more uh, content that we publish on a regular basis. It's a lot of content that we don't have here on our podcast that we do publish on YouTube. So if you haven't visited our YouTube channel, go to YouTube and search for American Snippets, subscribe and catch some of the featured content that we have there as well. Again, reviews go a really long way here on iTunes. So if you're an iTunes or Apple user, please subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you think about the show and help us spread our mission uh, to uh, spread positivity, possibility, and patriotism all across this country so these stories can be heard and we can inspire others. Uh, again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. Yeah.